They don't have a relationship with him, or at least why it's not a deep one. Once I imagined a conversation between the father and the son, it went something like this. And Jesus said, Father, why do people always imagine me as a baby? And God said, probably for the same reason they always imagine me as an old man. To which the Holy Spirit says, at least they can imagine what you look like. <laughs> of course, this conversation's not real. It's all in my head. Uh, and um, should not be taken as truth. But sometimes these are things that pop into my, into my mind and, and make life a livable. Makes life fun. You know, that, that I can imagine things like this and go on from there. Um, so at Christmas, we need to set aside the ill will. Don't deck your family. Be good towards each other. Practice goodwill. And the reason, that, uh, the reason for this is that nobody is perfect, but with God, all things are possible. And that comes from Matthew 19, verse 26, which says, But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, with, but with God... All things are possible. Wow, that's pretty big. I can use that here outside of context because in context or out of context, it is true either way that with, all, with God, all things are possible. Amen? So alone, we will never achieve perfection or righteousness. But through Christ, we have become the righteousness of God in Christ, as Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.21. And if you're lost, I'm reading from the New King James Version. If any of you have ever been to a Baptist church, they always say they read the King James because it was good enough for the Apostle Paul. It's good enough for them, right? I read the New King James because it's good enough for the Apostle Paul Jr. It's good enough for me. So 2 Corinthians 5.21, we have four. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is who we honor on Christmas Day. In keeping with the spirit of goodwill, I want to ensure that husbands understand how to keep the peace in their household by ensuring that they are able to interpret the clues that their wives leave for them. So men, husbands, if your wife has been leaving jewelry catalogs all over the house, I hope you took the hint and got her a magazine rack for Christmas. She will thank you. <clears throat> so let us look at a few prophetic scriptures in the Old Testament and their counterparts in the New Testament. First, we'll go to Isaiah 7:14. Therefore, the Lord Jesus himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And in the New Testament, we go to Matthew one twenty three. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. We also see that in Isaiah 9.6, which was just read earlier, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, which has similarities to Luke 2.11, 
For there is you born for there is born to you this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. Amen, right? That came right through the speaker, didn't it? I heard that all the way over here. Whew. So now let's go to Isaiah 53, 2. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. In case you wondered what Jesus looked like. There wasn't a physical description of him in the New Testament, but suffice it to say, he weren't much to look at. Yet people were drawn to him. John, we're going we're to look through John the Baptist too, because it's important we see some things here about him. In Isaiah 40, verse 3, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord Made straight in the desert a highway for our God. And this passage is mentioned in John 1, 23. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. This is John the Baptist speaking here. This is also mentioned in, Mark, in Matthew 3, 3, Mark 1, 3, and Luke 3, 4. In the New Testament as well as Malachi 3.1 and Malachi 4.5. And we'll look at Malachi 4.5 through 6. Behold, I will send you, Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. When John the Baptist was, came, people thought he might be Elijah. He wasn't, but he was in the spirit of Elijah. Not only was the coming Christ prophesied in the Old Testament, but also the coming of John the Baptist. And now you may be wondering what this has to do with the birth of sweet baby Jesus, and we'll get to that in a minute. Let us look at the incidents surrounding the birth of John the Baptist. John's father was Zacharias. He was a priest. And when he was in the inner, uh, in the temple of the Lord, burning incense, the angel Gabriel came to him and said that he and his wife will have a baby. Now this was something else because Zacharias and his wife were like in their 80s. They were not young people. So we see in Luke... 1, 14 through 15. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be a great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Well, Zacharias questioned this, because he and his wife were old. And he did not believe Gabriel so Gabriel removed his ability to speak until all that he had said came to pass sometimes we just have to shut up and listen sometimes we're forced to shut up and listen did I hear amen over there? No. 
And so after his uh, time with the, uh, at the temple was done, Zacharias went home to his bride. And he did his marital duty thing. And lo and behold, Elizabeth became pregnant. Six months later, that same angel, Gabriel, went to visit Elizabeth's little cousin, Mary, who was about 15 years old at the time, and told her she was going to have a baby. So we start in Luke 1, 26. We'll read through 38 right now. Now in the sixth month, of the, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. This, then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered her and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is how, this is now the sixth month for her when he went, who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary also questioned Gabriel the same way that Zacharias did. The thing was is that she had not known a man. And she wanted to know how this was going to happen. And when she was told what was going to happen, what did she say? Behold your maidservant. God called her to do it, and she did it. And that was the difference. Now comes the cool part. As if we had not already seen the cool part with an elderly woman becoming pregnant by her elderly husband and a virgin woman becoming pregnant by the Holy Spirit... We get to something really cool. Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. And Luke, we continue on for chapter 1, verse 39. Now Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who who believed 
For there will be fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Did you catch the really cool part? The first person extremely excited that the Messiah was coming was an unborn baby who heard the sound of the Messiah's mother of her voice and leapt in the womb. That is awesome. At least wise to me. I think it's a beautiful thing. Just before the birth of Jesus, Caesar Augustus wanted to have a census and everyone had to go back to their hometown to be counted. So we go to Luke chapter 2 verse 4 through 7. And Joseph also went up to Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary his betrothed wife who was with child. So it was that while they were there the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the end. Christ being born in Bethlehem fulfilled the prophecy in Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, right? I'm getting close on that. Though you were little among the thousands of Judah, yet, you, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to the ruler of, in Israel, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from the old, from everlasting. From the beginning to the end. I love discovering when prophecy is from the Old Testament is fulfilled in the New Testament. It, ex- it excites me. It makes me happy. I enjoy it. I really do. And, uh, you know, even the angels were celebrating the birth of Christ. How do I know this? When you're excited... Jeremy and Mackenzie just had a baby earlier this week. How did we hear about it? They were excited and told people. The angel was excited and he went to the shepherds and told them. Went out to the field so that they could also see the child. In Luke chapter 2 verse 8 through 20 we'll see. And now they're in the same country, shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which, is to all, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill towards men. See, I told you the angels were celebrating. And so it was, when the angels had gone away from heaven, from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen him, 
they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard, heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all things and pondered them in her own heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And now come the wise men. I want you to see the correlation between theirs. Matthew chapter 2 verse 2. The wise men were following a star. And they said, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Did y'all catch that? They didn't see a star in the east. They saw his star in the east. They acknowledged that. They acknowledged that he was from prophecy. Matthew 2, verse 10 through 12, we see, When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures... They presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Did y'all catch that? They didn't go to the manger and give the gifts. They went to her house. So Jesus was not a babe in the manger at this time. I suspect he was probably two years old or younger. And that the gifts given, I want you to note also that they were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This fulfilled the prophecy in Isaiah 60, verse 6. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Mildian, Mildian, Midian, sorry, and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. There you go. Fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy right there in the New Testament. After the wise men took a different route home, Joseph was visited by an angel in a dream. And he was told to flee to Egypt because Herod wanted to destroy the child. We'll start in Matthew 2, 14 and 15. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. He wasted no time and was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, out of Egypt I called my son. Another prophecy fulfilled. Continue on in verse 16 through 23 we see then Herod when he saw that they were, he was deceived by the wise men was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under. So at this point we can assume that Christ is at least two years old or under. This was according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet saying a voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they were no more. 
Another prophecy fulfilled. Now when Herod was dead, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph saying, in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the, child, the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside to, into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in the city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Another prophecy fulfilled. Continuing on with the childhood of Jesus, we see in Luke 2.40, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Christ continued to grow up as children do. He didn't come to earth as a full-grown man to start his ministry. He started out as a little baby inside the womb. And others were excited to, to hear the voice of his mother. And they had not been born yet. It's a beautiful thing. Just before becoming a teenager, a 12-year-old Jesus visited Jerusalem with his parents and his family. We continue on in Luke chapter 2 verse 41 through 52 if you're taking notes. His parents went to Jerusalem every year for the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to, be, to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was after three days, they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him was aston- were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them But his mother kept all things in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and men. Did y'all catch that? If I'd have sassed off to my mom, you know I got to be about my daddy's business. I wouldn't be standing here today. But that's a different culture and a different time, and probably a different context in which we can fully understand at this point. Comedian Michael Jr. imagines the conversation between Joseph and God once it is realized that Jesus is missing. He says, Lord, um, Joseph here, we kind of lost your son. Would you happen to have another one? No? He was your only begotten son? Okay, I'll go see if I can find him. 
And you never hear from Joseph again. Read about it. Look for him. I haven't found him yet after that point. Don't know what happened. That's some pretty funny stuff right there, what Michael Jr. comes up with. And while this is a joke, the childhood of Jesus Christ is full of the fulfillment of prophecies as well as many planned things that came together so that it couldn't all be a coincidence. None of it was. Every bit of it was planned. So let's break it down. The elderly couple conceived a child in their old age who became the one crying in the wilderness, according to prophecy. A teenage girl became a virgin mother of the Messiah, had the child in Bethlehem, and was visited by wise men who gave her gifts that were in prophecy. These gifts, expensive gifts as they were, were used by the family to avoid the massacre of the children that fulfilled prophecy by paying their way into Egypt and supporting them while they were there. This allowed them to be called out of Egypt, fulfilling prophecy. And after the death of Herod, they went back. And in fact, the life of Christ has fulfilled all of the Old Testament prophecies concerning the Messiah. So Jesus grew up to be the man who was and still is the Savior of the world. He came to be the sacrifice for our sins so that we can become the righteousness of God through him. We can call out to sweet baby Jesus, but I'd rather call out to my Savior and see him for who he is. We celebrate the birth of Christ. As parents, we celebrate the birth of our own children and our grandchildren and other people's children. And sometimes it can be difficult for us to see them as adults when they grow up. Any of you remember how frustrating it was when you hit 18, 19, 20 years old? And you were an adult. But your parents and their friends and your friend's parents still saw you as a little kid. It's frustrating. Remember. Remember that feeling as your own children reach adulthood. And they branch out on their own to do what they're called to do. Charles Spurgeon stated, We must never cease to pray for our children until they cease to breathe. No case is hopeless while Jesus lives. That is a beautiful thing. As a parent, that quote fills me with hope for any child, mine or someone else's, that they're not beyond a relationship with Jesus. This quote in our prayers as parents are not only about wayward children, but also for their safety, their happiness, their relationships with others, and their prosperity and success in life. We love our children. And God loves his children. Let's look at John chapter 3, verse 14 through 20. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness... Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who is, does not believe is condemned already. Because he is, has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than the light. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest the deeds should be exposed. God made sure that the sacrifice of Christ on the cross gave us the atonement for our sins, a cost that we could never pay. Charles Spurgeon is credited with saying, it will always give a Christian the greatest calm, quiet, ease, and peace to think that the perfect righteousness of Christ Philippians 4, 6 through 7, we read, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Spurgeon also stated, Visit many good books, but live in the Bible. Are you living in the Bible? Are you seeking answers to life and scriptures and through prayer? Do you feel the peace of God in your life? We all go through periods of time when we have anxieties. We have fears over our future and what life may entail. But when you seek solace in the scriptures and through the active relationship with Christ, those periods of times will get shorter and shorter those anxieties and fears will disappear quicker than normal. And this is from personal experience. I've been on both sides of that coin. I'd rather be with Christ. I saw a meme the other day. One of them social media sites I still don't get paid to advertise for. <laughs> Had two people on it. One person said, we need to put Christ back in Christmas. Right? The other one says, I'd rather put Christ back in Christians. That hit me right here in the fields, yo. It did. I was like, man, that's, that's a condemnation because if we think that we need Christ in Christmas, we need Christ in us. Even as Christians, we need to understand that a relationship with him is more important than anything else. We all fall by the wayside when it comes to our faith. But whether it is long fall or a short trip with a quick recovery, it depends on if we seek Christ daily or just whenever we get in a bad situation. When you see a nativity scene with the sweet baby Jesus laying in the manger, remember his humble beginnings as a child and then remember that in the manger lay the savior of the world and he is still alive today let us stand our most gracious heavenly father we thank you for the sweet baby Jesus and his life ministry death burial and resurrection that provided the grace for and forgiveness that we receive for our own sins we thank you that you love us and in turn we can share that love with others 
We thank you for the light that you shine through us so that others can see Christ in us. Be with us, Father, as we go out into the world and tell others of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, what he has done for us, and what he can do for them if they would come to him. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. We'll finish with this blessing. It's a quote by George Washington. May the Father of all mercies scatter light and not darkness upon our paths and make us all our several vocations useful here and in in his own time and way everlastingly happy. You're dismissed. Thank you for coming.